Before we get started on today's episode, I just want to read out some incredible reviews that you guys have left recently. I read every single review and I absolutely love connecting and hearing about how much you're enjoying the show. So I'm going to read a few of these out. So the first one is from JTF. I really enjoy the variety of guests on Angela's podcast and always take away something that I can incorporate to improve my health and energy. She has great guests and asks all the questions that need to be asked. I also really like the mushroom supplements she recommends as they they have helped me sleep so much. Thank you so much, JTF. Um, those mushroom supplements are actually the ones by Wild Kingdom Extracts. Um, they're just my fave. I take them absolutely every single night. A combination of reishi, chaga and lion's mane um, really helps to lower inflammation. It helps improve um, nerve growth factor in the brain and just really helps me to sleep better. Um, really good for cardiovascular health as well. So really nice blend of those three. They come individually so you can tincture them however you like um, and you can get uh, 15% off Wild Kingdom if you go to Wild Kingdom Extracts and enter Angela 15. Um, so if you haven't tried them out, definitely recommend it. I, I just keep getting so much wonderful feedback back on those mushrooms and the episode that I did with Neil Tenya. Um, moving on to another review, I look forward to listening to Angela's episodes each week. She is a great interviewer and asks powerful questions of her guests. A must listen from Ben Ducci. Thank you so much for that lovely review. Um, another one from Natalie. I love listening to Angela and the amazing guests she has on. I've learned so much. It's my go-to podcast for a weekly dose of all things wellness and biohacking. That's so wonderful to hear. Thank you, Natalie. And then finally, another one from Fierce flipping 50 she says angela's podcast is a gold mine of information on all things health and well-being if you're looking for the best place to find all the biohacks this is it that's such an incredible review thank you so so much everyone i'm so eternally grateful when you do that and if you haven't if you're a listener and you haven't yet left a review i would be hugely grateful it really just helps to get the message out to a wider audience so if you can leave a positive review um, on the platform that you're listening or share the podcast with a friend I would be so, so grateful to you. Now, let me start introducing you to this really exciting episode today. You know, it's like your heart is beating outside of your body and then to see your child in pain creates pain inside of you. And our, our instinct, our habit is to try and stop it to just try and fix it, to just anything we can do, just stop the feeling because your uncomfortability is making me uncomfortable. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. Hey, we have a lovely, lovely, lovely session today on the podcast where I'm going to be talking with Emily Fletcher all about how we can help our children to really give them the skills that they need to change their brains forever, to wire them for resilience, emotional intelligence and kindness. I mean, how wonderful would that be? As Frederick Douglass, the <clears throat> prominent activist, author and public speaker once said, it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken adults. It's easier to build strong children than to repair broken adults. And isn't that the truth? I mean, many of you know my story. I, I suffered for many years with um, what started as postnatal depression. And I've been on a journey really ever since. Um, unfortunately, now free 
of um, huge amounts, well, not huge amounts, but um, strong bipolar medication that I was once taking for many years just to control the way that my mind was working really and just make me, help me to function. Um, and it's been a, a work in progress. It's a journey all the time and something that I guess I'm on this journey of self-discovery and I'm definitely trying to rewire so many t- parts of my brain and really remove this default thing that's there that I still wake up feeling pretty depressed. Um, and I have to to physically change that every day. And I, I'm, my hope is that one day I will wake up and that won't be the default pattern for my brain. And, it, and I, I'm a work in progress here. But what I do know is that I've had to do so much work just to get to where I am today. And one of those things that has helped me tremendously, apart from the many hours and thousands of pounds that I have spent in therapy, is meditation and going inwards and actually connecting deeply with my inner self. And Ziva Meditation, Emily's course, taught me how to do that. And I just, it was transformational. It gave me an independence around meditation that I didn't have before. I'd always had to do guided meditations. I didn't know how to meditate on my own. And there's so much to be said for being able to have that skill of just drop into that relaxation, to drop into connecting with your own thoughts, to be able to ask for inner guidance and find the answers at your fingertips. And Ziva Meditation absolutely taught me to do that. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. So when Emily announced that she was doing a course for kids, you can imagine I was very excited and I was very fortunate to try it out with my own children. Um, and they have absolutely loved it. It has been transformational for them. One of the biggest things I noticed with my nine-year-old was just how much more relaxed she is and how much better she's sleeping. And this is what we're going to talk about in today's episode is this incredible course that Emily has released called Ziva Kids, which enables them to really imprint the right thoughts um, into their mind, to develop resilient children, to teach them how to go inwards from a very young age and search themselves for inner guidance. And you can imagine the, the power of that as our children grow up with that skill. It's certainly something that I wish I had to, to give them that presence, that connection, that empathy, that attunement. Um, so, so important. And this has so much empathy in it and understanding the people around you, which is such an incredible skill set, because I think that, you know, our kids are growing up a generation where so much of what we do can now be done by robots and computers and things like that, that our greatest power really is our emotions, our creativity, really the human side of us. And so the more that we can develop that um, sense of emotional resilience, so much the better. Um, So I think if we can become emotionally tuned to how we can behave, um, we're really setting them up with the best skills in life. And so I am thrilled to bring you this episode with Emily today. Uh, She's so much fun, as always, to chat to. Um, she just has, she's a fantastic speaker and is just able to assimilate things and break them down and make them so, so simple. I think that's a true gift that Emily has. Now, if you're interested, obviously she has courses for 
kids and for adults. And so you can check both of these out. If you want to check out the one for children, which I definitely recommend, I mean, I recommend both of them, then just go to bit.ly forward slash Ziva kids. And then if you want to check out some resources for yourself, if you're thinking about how you might get started in a meditation practice and learn how to meditate yourself, she actually has some incredible free resources for adults um, in the self-care center that you can get started with. And to visit that, you just need to go to bit.ly forward slash Ziva online. So for the kids, it's bit.ly forward slash Ziva kids. And for the adults, it is bit.ly forward slash Ziva online. And as I say, there's some amazing resources in there but now let me introduce you once again to Emily Um, she's a second time guest on the show and you're going to learn all about how you can get your kids to start meditating so I am beyond excited today to be here with Emily Fletcher founder of Ziva Meditation and now Ziva Kids author of the best-selling book, Stress Less, Accomplish More, and second-time guest on the podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here, Emily. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's so good to see your face again. Yeah, it's so nice to have you. Now, I've been doing Z for Kids with my daughter, Yasmina, who is eight years old. And I have to say, I just think it's incredible. She's excited to do it, which is for me as a meditator, a huge bonus. There's no battles. Um, I think we were talking about there and I said to her, I said to you, I picked her up from school today and she said, mommy, are we doing Ziva tonight? Yeah, um, which is amazing. Yes, um, this is the whole goal. Like I want to take the pressure off of parents so they don't mm. have to be the meditation salespeople or the meditation police. Like I wanted to make it so fun and so entertaining and so they have such a good experience that they want to do it. So bravo to you, bravo to your daughter. Well, bravo to you, I think, because she loves the presentations and the videos and the, is it the bunny that you have? I can't remember his name, but she thinks he's really Bunny funny. is his name. Yeah. Um, so he's fun, but also what's really interesting is you've made it fun, but there's a lot of science in there and she's learning as well. And I kind of feel like I wish somebody had given this to me as a kid. I wasn't really given any skills. The most I had was a kind of strict Catholic upbringing actually that I rebelled against. So it was all about going to church and it's as an adult that I've learned spirituality away from religion. And I think this is just amazing. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, I think you're not alone in that. And and even in some religions, the way that we deal with tough emotions, the way that we deal with shame or vulnerability is to to shut it down and to button it up, right? And like stiff upper lip, right? And it's like, well, just don't feel, just be seen and not heard. And and what Ziva's doing is that it's empowering a whole generation of kids to feel their feelings because so many of us were trained the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. And I noticed that actually in the very first video, you talk about in it what they think about themselves, their opinions, like when was she brave? We went through that, you know, and it was it was one of the things is it's such a bonding experience for parent and child because I get to hear things. And she was like, you know, you know, so I said to her, how have you felt about this? And she's like "Mm." she was rating herself on like courage, on her self-opinion and all the different ones you go through, which you can explain more about on here because I can't remember them all. And I was like, really, are you sure that one's low? Should it be? And she's like, oh, maybe. And her stress level. And I just found what a great way of opening the conversation, because if you ask a child directly, usually they'll just say, no, I'm fine. <laughs> Until the yeah. meltdown arrives. <laughs> yeah. And like, as a parent, you're like, please just tell me anything, share anything, like open your heart. 
And, you know, if you've ever been in couples therapy or in a counseling session, something about having that third character in the room, that third figure does really open you up in a different way. It's like, well, I can share to the screen or I can share to Emily or Z Bunny in a way that might feel too vulnerable or too scary to open my heart directly to my mom. And so something about having a third person there, I think can make it feel a little bit safer and then to be directly asked. And then one of the things that I, that I really love and I'm proud of in Ziva Kids, especially in the preteen module, is that I used a lot of other teenagers as my co-star. So I'm asking them, you know, how did you, what's something that you did that was brave? How did meditation help you be more kind or more creative? And I think that when I was that age, all I cared about is what other preteens were doing, what other kids thought was cool. And so to see other kids who are doing it, who saying it out loud, thinking it's cool, I think it empowers kids to speak up and makes them feel safe enough to share their own experiences. Definitely, definitely. I found that. And because you've got such a range of ages as well, I think it was really relatable as well for her. Um, so I really enjoyed that part. And the whole I love the way it sort of, it mirrors what you do in Ziva as an adult, but in a much more kid-friendly way. Because I'd often thought to myself when I did Ziva, like I'd love to give my kids that, that gift of independent meditating, but how on earth, like where would I start? And it just does it really well. Um, and she definitely has slept better since doing it. Yes. Um, that's what we love to hear. Yeah. We had mom, one mom write it in, in our community and she said that her son has not slept through the night in 10 years. Oh, wow. And he was three days into Ziva Kids and he slept through the night every night for three days. So it's only three days. So jury's out, but that it's very promising. We're starting to get more and more stories like this because you know the, comp the product just came out. Mm -hmm. We just released the course. I've been working on it for two years. And anytime you create something new, it's a bit of an experiment, you know, you're like, I, I hope it works. But so far, um, people are really seem to be loving it. And the thing that is bringing me the most joy is like parents sending photos or videos of their kids, like dancing along with Z bunny or doing, there's something called squeeze me in the preteen exercise. And, and then parents just writing and be like, I can't believe this, but my child's actually meditating on their own. And then if you're also a meditator, like you said, it's great. Cause then it's a bonding time versus a separation time. And it's like, takes the pressure off of you from having to be the meditation police. Yeah, definitely. And I think the way you start it, as you say, in the preteen one, where it starts with the squeeze me exercise, which is quite physical, is such a good way of getting them from going, particularly when you've got a very physical child like I have, you know, she, I don't know how many hundreds of times she'll cartwheel in a day to get her to sit still. It's like a feat in its own. So actually that exercise just kind of calmed her down. Um, so um, I guess one of the things I have, when you've created it, what's what motivated you? Because you say you've been working on it for two years. So this is even pre-pandemic that yeah. this idea was born. What, what did you want to, what was the gift that you wanted to give to children? So big picture, magic wand. What I hope Ziva Kids gives to children is the safety to feel all of their feelings. You know, I certainly was trained and I think most of us were trained, you know, to be seen and not heard to, you know, just put on a happy face, you know, shh, don't cry, have a bottle, don't mm -hmm. cry, have a toy, don't cry, have an iPad, have some Facebook, have some booze, have some coffee, have some cigarettes, have some social media, have some pills. And then, you know, and I'm sort of working up to the adult spectrum now. I'm hopefully you're not giving your child all those <laughs> things I just mentioned. <laughs> um, you know, then at least in America, we have 40% of the adult female population is on anti-anxiety or antidepressants. And this is not to, not meant to 
induce shame in any way. Lots of people need, need those tools. And those are, those can be really beautiful and powerful tools. And lots of people meditate and use medication. However, I do not believe that 40% of adult women have a Zoloft deficiency. I believe that many of us were not trained how to feel and process our emotions because we honestly didn't feel safe enough. And so what I've now learned from working with parents and children is that because we as parents oftentimes weren't given the tools to feel our own feelings. And then if you have your child experiencing pain, sadness, fear, it, it's like your feelings times 10, you know, it's like your heart is beating outside of your body. And then to see your child in pain creates pain inside of you. And our, our instinct or our habit is to try and stop it, to just try and fix it to just anything we can do, just stop the feeling because your uncomfortability is making me uncomfortable. And so then what we inadvertently do is we, we diminish, uh, we invalidate and we repress our children's emotions and we don't even mean to do it. And so with Ziva, I'm teaching the kids that they, that they are safe, that these feelings are not, there's nothing wrong with them if they're feeling scared or angry or sad. And they actually in the little kid training, I'll show you now, we have these puppets um, called the stormies. So we have the angry stormy and the sad stormy. And, and these are representative of the big feelings that come up when we try to accomplish big things. And then, so Z Bunny, who is my co-star in the little kids training, he's training to be a superhero. And every day as he's training, he comes up with challenges. And as he's faced with challenges, obviously he has big emotions. So I'll teach him either the mindfulness, the meditation or the manifesting to help him to move through these stormies. And then same thing with the preteens, but it's just a little less animated. It's less puppets. And we more put it into like a social example. And I actually have the preteens draw out like alter egos of themselves. Like when you're really sad, if you had to give that version of you a name, what would you name that? Like sad Sally, or like, I would be like anxious Anastasia when I get scared. Um, and so I think it's fun to have a bit of a sense of humor about it and to really, um, identify what our traits are when we get into intense situations and not to judge it as bad, but just that we can recognize it, have a sense of humor about it, and then move through to the new now. And so to answer your original question, dream case, Ziva Kids empowers an entire generation to feel safe enough to feel their feelings and to know that nothing breaks inside of you when you cry. You don't lose anything when you get mad, except for maybe some toxins out of your eyeballs. And then we just move through to the new now. Which is so important, isn't it? I mean, I think from personal experience, I can speak is that, you know, I, like you were saying, I was taught, well, don't cry. Don't, don't, don't sort of show your emotions. You know, you need to be tough. You need to be strong, which I duly did and went on to be a corporate lawyer and just took it on, took it on, took it on until, you know, it always, it's all fine, isn't it? Until, and then I had my three kids and that's when I started, as you know, with the postpartum depression, which then ended up with me on bipolar medication. And I was told, you know, you've got major depressive disorder. You're probably going to be on meds the rest of your life. And I have to say, if there are two things, I would say the number one thing that got me off all medication and keeps me totally stable is medica uh, meditation. Mm -hmm. It's meditation instead of medication. That's yeah. the thing. That's the way I see it. Mm -hmm. um, and gratitude. Those are the two things that are my literal, like things that are non-negotiable. And even when um, I am just totally overwhelmed and I feel like I don't have time to meditate, I will always write down the three things I'm grateful for in the morning because you can ne you never not have time for that, right? Even if you take three steps and each step to the bathroom is something you're grateful for because you're literally rewiring your brain. And I think 
how much would that have saved all the therapy and everything and all the drugs that I had, had I had this skill set, as you say, to actually feel what I feel and to be able to move through that. That's the important thing, right? Is, and to know that's okay without guilt and without feeling you have to cover it up and hide it. Um, because, Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that and for like bravely moving through that. And it's like, we want to bless all of it, you know, like postpartum mm. having children, you know, now people going through a pandemic and homeschooling, like it's, it's turning up the volume on anything that's out of balance, right? Anything that needs addressing things are getting highlighted for deletion. And so as, as terrifying and challenging as I'm sure that period was for you, it's possible that it had it not gotten so intense, you wouldn't have actually taken action to switch, right? You wouldn't have actually like made the fundamental change that is going to allow you to have this whole beautiful second chapter to your life to keep evolving and expanding your consciousness and now inspiring other people to do the same. And so as challenging as, as all of our unique experiences are, I also recognize that we all are on our own trajectory and it's going to take what it takes for us to wake up in whatever way we're meant to. And I just want to say bravo to you for moving through that and for choosing life and for choosing joy and for choosing yourself and for choosing your children. Cause I know there's so many other directions things could have gone. Mm. Yeah. And no, I thank you for that. And it was, it was hard to resist, but I feel that's the thing, isn't it? When you're kind of looking at suicide, it's two ends of the equation. However, I do feel that um, just giving my kids that ability, like I'm grateful for what happened to me because now I can do it not just for myself, but I can give my kids the experience through things like Ziva Kids. And I, I think at the moment what I've noticed is happening, initially in the pandemic, my kids got quite stressed. So it was like, oh my God, lockdown's going on. Like everyone was, it's like, what the hell's happening? And they were old enough to understand. And my middle one, he is probably, he's so laid back. He's like horizontal. And he was having, you know, the odd nightmare. What if I get this? What if I die? And I just thought, right, okay, now we know the kids are under stress because if he's feeling it. Um, but what I've noticed, Emily, is in the last 12 months, coming out of this lockdown in the UK and then going back to school, they're twice weekly COVID testing now. So they've got swabs shoved down their throat and up their nose, making their eyes water. They're in masks all the time. There's increased hygiene measures. I actually feel it's almost like PTSD. I feel a stress in my kids that's longer term stress. Do you know what I mean? Almost like people have been to war. It, it wasn't there before. And I think this must be across the board. Children are feeling it. They just, they feel different. And I think we're in this for quite a bit longer because we still don't know the impacts of the vaccine when things are really going to open up. And so I feel like them having something like their own meditation practice is really the best thing you can do to help them work through this time. Because let's face it, how do we know they're going to be in school again in September? Are we going to have another lockdown? We, we don't know yet, do we really? There's so many unknowns. And that uncertainty is one of the hardest things for humans to handle psychologically and emotionally. And especially for children, you know, they deify us for a reason. They like boundaries for a reason. They need, you know, firm structure for a reason. And so for children to sort of prematurely wake up to the uncertainty of it all and to the question mark of it all, I think can be very unsettling. And then, you know, of course, the simple things like not being able to see smiles and knowing that loneliness is worse for us than smoking physiologically, you know, there's some very real psychological and emotional 
um, ramifications that we're going to have to deal with for a long time. And I think rather than us being stressed about the stress, it's like, well, guess what? The good news is there's a, there's a cure for stress. It's called meditation. It's been around for thousands of years and people just aren't doing it because they think that it's hard. They think they have to clear their minds. Certainly no one's made it entertaining or powerful or accessible to children yet. That's why I've spent two years of my life creating this program because there wasn't anything out there that was good enough for me to want to give to my children. And thank God I started because now it's really a necessity. You know, we have a responsibility to equip our children to move through the long tail impact of the pandemic with as much ease and grace as elegance as possible. You know, they've sacrificed a lot for us. It wasn't our children that were really at risk here. It was us. And they are the ones that have, and they're at such a social age in their life. And so many of them have been, you know, isolated and in loneliness. And so I think the least we can do is to help them to process these emotions, recognize these emotions and to turn inward for their bliss and fulfillment instead of becoming more addicted to screens, more addicted to social media, more addicted to whatever other coping mechanisms they've had to turn to. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. And you're so right. They have, they have sacrificed so much for us. Um, so one of the things I want to talk to you about is manifestation as well and how this can help children. Because you sent an email today that I, I, I'm on your email list and you were talking in it about how you always said in your 20s, I am the luckiest person I know. And that kind of almost became like a mantra. And I feel like that's an amazing way to approach life. Um, and that if more kids could do that, right, because they don't instinctively, this is the other thing I notice in children is we need to actively give them tools. I've noticed that when that brainwave uh, state changes, and I think they say it's about seven or eight, when they kind of drop out of um, like the theta yeah. and yeah, and they move more into alpha and beta. I noticed yeah. that that's exactly when my kids begin to notice anxiety. It's suddenly like, well, what if this happens or what if that happens? Yeah. Um, but part of that as well is having this mindset that actually great things happen to me and the universe is kind. Um, can you explain a bit more about that? Because I know that it, like adults and kids listening to this are just mm -hmm. gonna want help with this. I feel like this is universal. Everyone needs. How yeah. did you come out with that? How have you lived your life in that way? And it's just really interesting to me because it's amazing. And what you've then gone on to manifest. Yeah. So there's a lot of pieces there, but you're absolutely right. There's a pretty significant change that happens in children between, you know, somewhere around seven, eight, nine years old, depending on the kid. But most people say around the age of eight is where the prefrontal cortex comes online in a different way. And this is really the executive function of the brain. This is our decision-making um, center of the brain. And really we would call it in, in adults sort of like the left brain, which is in charge of the past and the future. And this is where our stress lives in the past and the future versus before eight years old, kids are in that theta state, like you said, they're more present, they're more right brain. They're almost in a constant state of wonder. Almost everything is new to them. And when we're learning something new and a new part of the brain is engaged. And so it's, you know, ideal if possible to introduce these tools to kids, you know, before then it's like, there's a window for potty training when it's easier, you can still do it later, but it's easier if you close that before that window closes, same with meditation. And that's really because um, the prefrontal cortex comes online. And that's why oftentimes trauma that happens to children before the age of eight, it's very hard to access in traditional cognitive therapy. We, it's easier to access it in hypnotherapy or EMDR or psychedelic therapy, because it's like those memories that are made before the age of eight, they, they go into a different chamber. And once we become adults, it's harder to access them. So 
anyway, um, so that's sort of the, the piece about that. And we do teach manifesting differently to the four to eight year olds than we do to the nine to 14 year olds. So there's two different courses inside of Ziva Kids. One is called Play, and that's for four to eight year olds. The other one is called Grow, and that's for nine to 14 year olds. And in both, they learn mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. So manifesting, I would define as the art of consciously creating a life you love. It's you creating a life that you would love, which starts by asking, what would I love right now? And that's how I teach it to my adults, right? A after your meditation, when your brain is all juiced up with bliss chemicals, you ask the question, what would I love right now? Um, now with little kids, we do something called the wish balloon. And so after, you know, imagining a balloon in their belly for breathing, they bring that balloon up to their mouths and they, they put all their wishes for the day inside of the balloon, and then they release it out into the land. And I love it because it's, it's having them listen. What are my wishes for the day? It's having them bring it sort of up into the manifest. And then the most important part is that they release it, right? It's not my job anymore. I can let go. I can trust nature. I can trust my, my day. Um, and, and for little kids, because they're so literal, I'm not like, okay, you can't manifest like superpowers. You're not gonna be able to fly off of a building or shoot spider webs <laughs> out of your hands. It's really about how do you want to feel, right? How would you love to feel today? And then with the older kids, I have them play a movie in their mind, like play the movie of their day in their mind, like best case magic wand scenario. They ace the test. The person says yes to the date. They um, are confident getting up in front of the class. Their friends want to sit with them at lunch. You know, so they're really moving through all the challenges of the day, but imagining their best case scenario um, so that you're sort of imprinting that image in your cells so that when the challenges come, they don't feel so scary or so new. So there's that piece of it. As far as myself and my own practice, I don't really know how or why I started saying that. It just seemed objectively true. Like I was like, whoa, I like great stuff happens to me. Like I got my first job my second day in New York as an actress. I was just sitting in the lobby and someone walked up to me and was like, hey, have you read for this show yet? And I said, no. And I went in and I booked the job and it was their final day of callbacks. I got to play Radio City Music Hall. I got my first equity card, my first job. I met my best friend. Um, you know, I would just, I felt like I was always in the right place at the right time. And I, and I think it, that's simply an act of gratitude. Like when good things start happening to you, if you stay in that state of gratitude and noticing it and acknowledging it, then you're almost programming your brain to look for more of it. And the brain has a filtration device. It's called the reticular activating system or the RAS. And it, it has to filter out all the potential stimulus available to us. Because at any given moment, there's hundreds of millions of stimuli available. Brain can't possibly process those all at the same time, so it has to filter. And if you're in a state of fight or flight, if you're stressed, then that reticular activating system has to filter out for the potentially life-threatening scenarios. Will this kill me? Is this dangerous? And so you have very little time left over for your dreams. Um, so once you get out of fight or flight, which is why meditation and manifesting are so much better together. So you meditate first, you get out of that fight or flight, and then you start manifesting from there. You start programming that reticular activating system from that space of feeling good. And then you start to create this beautiful feedback loop. It's like, oh, I thought about that. And it didn't happen. I thought about that person and then they called. And the reality is there's magic available to us in any moment. But it's just that when we're so myopic and we're so focused on all the ways that we might die, then it's hard to see and be available for all of the serendipity and synchronicity. Um, so in regards to the email, um, 
I, I said the new one in my twenties used to say, I'm the luckiest person I know. And then lo and behold, I became the luckiest person I knew. And then just last week I met someone and he says he has, um, he does this exercise with his kids every day to out loud. He says, I am the luckiest person I know. Lucky things happen to me. I am lucky. And they do it out loud. He says, sometimes his kids are like, Oh dad, come on. Like, I don't want to do this. And he's like, no, the trick is you have to believe it. Right. So don't say it if you don't believe it. And now the trick is, okay, well, how do we get to believing it? Mm, that's the hard bit, right? That's the mm. bit that most people st- struggle with, isn't it? And I guess for people at the moment as well, some of them who are going through really difficult times, whether that's, you know, family members that have been sick with COVID or whether they've lost their jobs, you know, life's so uncertain, is how can they move past that? Because they might feel like, actually, I'm kind of feel like the unluckiest person I know at the moment. Why is it mm. happening to me? And why is everyone else? How do they... I think that's the hardest thing for some people is how do they create what they want and that ideal life from a place of current lack? That's quite hard. It's a great question. So I would say specifically with this, I feel lucky piece, like if it's a lie and you feel like you're lying, then don't do it. Cause then, you know, your cells know, and no one likes to be lied to. And so I would recommend actually doing a purge to start. So I, what I I like to do is something called the rant and you could set your timer on your phone for one minute and just hit start and then just rant, just say all the reasons why you're the unluckiest person. I can't believe this lockdown and I'm homeschooling and I lost my job and my husband divorced me and I gained 10 pounds and this isn't fair and I hate life and everything sucks and blah, blah, blah. And just like really be a brat, like just get it all out and just rant, 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 rant. Um, if you could do it out loud, that's ideal. If not, you could write it out. Um, you could do voice to text, but you have to actually get this stuff up and out. Um, and then once you've purged and you feel like you're at least at a state of neutrality, right? It doesn't have to be happy. You don't have to be joyous, but if you're at neutral and then you start to do the lucky affirmation, you know, just try it. You know, even if you have to fake it till you make it a little bit, but faking it from a place of neutrality, not from a place of total overwhelm and freaking out. Um, and then just see, like I do this thing with my son every morning where, well, like when I wake up first thing, when I put my feet on the ground, I say, today is going to be a great day. And then now I do that with my son. I'll be like, Jasper, I'm like, what? And I'm like, today it's going to be a, and he goes, great day. So it's just become this really cute thing. And the brain doesn't like to be proved wrong. Mm. The brain likes to be right. You know, we have this thing called confirmation bias. And so if you say today's going to be a great day, you, whether or not you like it, your brain is going to look for evidence to prove you right. If you say I'm the luckiest person I know, your brain is going to find ways to, to prove you right. We will always find evidence for what we choose to believe. And so why not choose to believe that you're lucky? Why not choose to believe that today is going to be a great day? And then, you know, you might still have challenges, of course. And you're going to look at that challenge through the lens of why is this happening for me instead of why is this happening to me? Isn't that right? Yeah, that's so true. And also when you start to look at like what happened in my day that was good, I did that every evening. You find things, even if it was just the stillness in that cup of coffee in the morning, there's still an amazing moment in it, right? If you're truthful with yourself, you can, if you mindfully approach it. Um, Okay, so, and then let's talk about the manifestation part because you talk about this in all of the Ziva Grow, the Ziva Play and the Ziva Adults. Um, You made a really important point there, I think, about the balloon and releasing it. This is so important. The best example I always, I don't know, I just find when I teach suddenly women just, and I try and explain to them what I mean by releasing it is 
Well, if you've ever tried to get pregnant, you cannot conceive a child if you grip too tight. It just doesn't happen. It's kind of like, I am ready to receive that child and I want to be a mother and fall pregnant. You have to give it up, right? It's going to happen whichever month the universe chooses. Um, yeah. Or a you year. have to let go, don't you? Or a year. Yeah, it's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> it could be. So it's, and it's hard though. I mean, that's an example as well, right? That people really, really struggle with because they're like, and I think that's, I I remember actually when I I was having surgery for endometriosis and at first that RAS system that you're, you were talking about, you look around and you're, well, why is everyone in a mum? They're kind of in the quote unquote parents club. It almost becomes like there's a club of people and you have to release it. Right. And then, and that's true. I think with manifesting anything you want in your life, because Mm -hmm. if you hold that and you grip too tight, you're trying to control, but you know this really well. And I did your manifestation course. Um, and I know you studied it. What, how would you explain it for the listeners in terms of what they need to do for that piece? Yeah. So it is a, it is a very important and non-negotiable step in manifesting. And that is detachment. And I'd say that it's likely the hardest part, especially if it's something that you want really badly, And detachment does not mean giving up. It means trusting nature's timing. It means trusting that this or something better is already on the way to you. And what I found is that the easiest way to create detachment is through meditation. Because in meditation, you're flooding your brain and body with dopamine and serotonin, which are bliss chemicals. And so if you are reminding yourself, actually proving to yourself that your bliss can be found inside of you and in this moment, and you can access and create that dopamine and serotonin, that bliss chemistry on demand, you're starting to prove to yourself that you are self-reliant for your happiness. And if you're self-reliant for your happiness, then none of your desires, none of your manifestations can deliver your happiness to you. And so instead your desires become an opportunity for where you can deliver your happiness to the world. And then the paradoxical thing happens that when you start to approach all of your desires from what can I give to this situation? How is this nature trying to use me to deliver my happiness to the world? That creates detachment. And then all those things that you wanted start to show up by accident. Now it's not an accident. It's a return on investment. You have to make the investment. You have to invest the time to actually learn how to meditate, which does not mean sitting in a chair and breathing. It does not mean sitting in a chair and clearing your mind. That's torture, right? It means like actually investing in training and then more importantly, investing the time in doing it every day. And at Ziva, I teach twice a day. And so two Mm. things are happening. One, you're creating real chemical detachment in your body because you have this bliss chemistry inside of you. And two, you're increasing your deserving power, which is what you subconsciously believe that you deserve. And you increase deserving power by actually getting your buns to the chair every day, twice a day. It's like the phenomenon of Lent, right? In Lent, okay, well, I'll give up chocolate for however long Lent is, six weeks or something. And I'm going to ask for a favor from God. And it's like, it's the giving up of the chocolate. It's because you've put something into the, you've invested something into the bank account that you feel like you even deserve to ask for the favor. Now I could argue with that logic as well, but there's something to the reciprocity of that. And so getting your buns in the chair every day, twice a day, you're sacrificing your most valuable resource, which is your time. And that is going to make you feel more deserving. You're also, because you're increasing your state of consciousness, you're programming your reticular activating system, and you're proving to yourself that you don't need that thing in order to be happy. And that is what creates detachment, which is um, a very key element to manifesting. Yeah, really interesting. And the twice a day, you explained that the, the morning one can actually be a bit more fraught for people. 
because they um, there may be that you know cortisol's higher in the morning, they're more active, they're thinking. Whereas the afternoon one, I believe, can be the deeper rest, but probably the one that people are most likely to let go of, right? Because they're already yeah. in the middle of their day. <laughs> and that's like the yummy one where you get the like, where it feels like a nap sitting up and the time goes so quickly. And it really, the magic happens in the twice a day because once a day meditation is only getting rid of all the new stresses you're picking up each day. But when we do twice a day, yes, you're handling all the new stress, but you're also getting rid of all the old stress that's been stored in your cellular and possibly even in your epigenetic memory. And it's really the, the eradication of the backlog of stresses. This is what ushers us into higher states of performance. And the children, are they meditating twice a day? Or no. I'm not that far you, so with you, children, no, they don't okay. have to be as disciplined as we do as adults. They don't have as much of a backlog of stress. With children, especially the younger kids, it's more about planting the seed. It's more about teaching them that they have this pathway in right? That they can turn inside and look at their own internal screen for their happiness instead of external screens. Okay. Uh, and then trusting that they will find it when they're ready. They might do it on their own before a test or before a sports tryout or before a presentation in school, but they don't have to do it every single day at the same time. Um, and so I did a beautiful interview with a woman named Elena Brower. I taught her son to meditate like eight, nine, eight or nine years ago. And he was young, he was six. And She's a very, she's like a world famous yoga and meditation teacher. And she said she made a pact with herself that she would never force her son to do yoga or meditation. And she knew that by sending him to me, by sending him to Ziva, just his cells experiencing the course, just him going through the initiation, just him having that window would change him physiologically. And it would change his relationship with her practice. And it has. And so it's not like every single day he sits down and meditates, but he has that ability to be more present, to be connected to that everythingness inside of him when he's skiing, when he's hiking, when he's at school. And that's really what we're interested in with children. It's just reminding them that they can turn inside for their bliss. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's, that's amazing. And actually that's the difference with Ziva, I think, where you go inside. Um, I just wanted to ask you before we close, because there are other meditations that people can do like Dr. Joe Dispenza, for example. Now these are guided ones. And I think you draw a distinction where that's actually almost more of a visualization and manifestation exercise. And I found, cause I, I had started there actually. And what I found from my own experience is it's the mantra based meditation that you do, that you teach that form of Vedic meditation that helped me to go inwards more because otherwise I was still, because you're following something guided, you're still in doing mode, it felt. Um, but I think it's just useful before we close, if you don't mind just explaining that for people, because I, th for me, that was the really big thing that differentiates Ziva actually, yeah. was that time and space to go inwards. And as you say, get into that bliss field where I actually don't want it to end, right? I know I've got to come out. Um, I miss you. I know that you do it for people to be independent. I was just going to say, but when you do the meditation and you bring us out of that, I really like the way you bring people out of it. So it's kind of quite special, but I know you like people to do it independently, but yeah, please explain. Cause I think it's helpful for people to understand there's a difference between that form of meditation and other guided practices where you're not independent. 
Yes. Yeah, so thanks so much for highlighting that. So I actually just had the honor of meeting Joe Dispenza on Tuesday. I had dinner with him, which I was so excited about, which felt like a real yes. manifestation because I have visions of being on stage with him and helping people to access that bliss field in such a yummy and fast way so they can just get into the unmanifest and then let him do what he's so brilliant at, which is these guided manifestations and really bringing people into a vision of their future instead of being, you know, mired in the memory of their past. And so, um, manifest it now that I'll be on stage with Joe helping people to, you know, combine what I consider to be this form of powerful meditation with this amazing manifestation work that he does. So anyway, so guided work and what Joe does, I would call manifestations, but what most of the apps and YouTube videos are doing are, are teaching what I would call mindfulness. And in either case, there's guidance happening, meaning that you're using your prefrontal cortex and there's some sort of a focus, right? There's a focal point, whether it's your breath or counting or a waterfall or a dream for your future. Um, it is more active, which is different than Ziva where in Ziva, you're actually moving beyond the realm of thinking into the realm of being, we're moving beyond the left brain and into the right. And, and what's so beautiful about both Ziva Online, which is our adult training, and Ziva Kids is that you move through a curriculum, you move through a matriculation, and then you're empowered for life. You have these tools to take with you for life. You don't need me anymore afterwards. You could do it on a plane at work with your kids screaming in the next room. Hopefully they'll be meditating with you now. Um, but you don't need like your headphones and your phone to be charged. And well, where was that recording again? And am I on Wi-Fi? And, and then also you're going into the belly of the beast to, it's like you're plugging in to unplug. And to me, going to your phone to meditate is like having an AA meeting in a liquor store. It's like, why would you go to the source of distraction in order to connect with yourself? And so the self-sufficiency piece is really important for me at Ziva, but it's also, it's more powerful. Like when your body is guiding itself and healing itself and going on its own circadian rhythms, it's so you're tapping into your own innate intelligence, your body's own healing capacity versus what some one person in a recording studio thought might work 10 years ago or five years ago when they recorded it is very, is vastly different than your body's own intelligence. Once you have a tool and training. Yeah, I agree. And I, what I found was over time, I could slip into that so much quicker. So I could just, I didn't almost even need as much of the mindfulness and the breathing to get in. It was almost like, actually, I know that state it was like a groove that I could go into. And it's like, yes, I love this. And I want to go there. Can you shorten that if you're busy? Like, could you, because I know that that middle piece is, is a certain length. It's like, is it 14 minutes or so? Could yeah, you shorten it around 15. that? 14, 15? Mm -hmm. Could you, what would happen if you shortened that? If people wanted to sort of, um, the they obviously need to go and learn it, but. Yeah, the shortest you could do and still get some sort of benefit would be 10 minutes. So with Ziva, we do mindfulness into meditation and then we finish with the manifesting. Um, but you wouldn't want to shorten the meditation much less than 10 minutes. If you had less than 10 minutes, I would just recommend doing breath work or mindfulness or something else that's just going to create a state change. But if you actually want to go in and clean out the cells and let your body go through the full cycle, you need at least 10 minutes for the meditation. Okay. Brilliant. Amazing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, so please share, where can everyone, I just think this is me. I'm going to be sharing it and telling everyone anyway, and sharing it with, um, yeah, all my uh, social media followers and listeners and email lists, but please do share where can they find? Cause this is an amazing course for kids and it's perfect timing. 
Thank you. So it's at zivameditation.com slash kids. So Ziva is sort of a weird word, but it's Z-I-V like Victor, A. So Ziva is a Sanskrit word that means bliss. And it's just zivameditation.com. That's where you can find everything, including the adult course, but um, slash kids is where the kids course is. And like I said, there's, there's actually three trainings inside. One is for four to eight-year-olds. One is nine to 14-year-olds. And then there's also, regardless of which age group you choose, there's an adult training as well. And that's three modules. And it's training adults on how to be a really great support system for their child so that they can be a good sidekick while their child is training to be a superhero. And they oh. do train to be a superhero because there's there's rewards. We didn't mention that. Yasmina is so excited with her badges. Yay! She's like, yeah, I want to get another badge. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. You know, we wanted to gamify it because I know we're competing with, you know, Oculus and Roblox and we're competing with all of this. But it's so funny, like even like we just send PDFs of coloring pages and these kids are losing their minds over just the coloring pages. And it's so simple. It's so analog. It's so old school. And yet kids are really loving it and feeling proud of themselves for accomplishing, you know, these badges and learning these new skills. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. I know you've been busy because you've been on a launch now for quite some time and I'm sure you've done a ton of interviews. So I'm really grateful for you coming back on the show and sharing it with everyone today. Well, I'm really grateful for you having me and thank you for sharing it with your daughter. I hope that she loves it. I hope that it sets her up for more bravery, creativity and kindness for the rest of her life. Thank you so much, Emily. It's a true gift. Bye everyone. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. As always, all of the show notes and the transcript will be over on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com forward slash podcasts. And you can also go and visit the resources that Emily has for meditation. Um, there's this whole self-care center, as I mentioned at the beginning, at bit.ly forward slash Ziva online. And if you're interested in the kids course, then it is bit.ly forward slash Ziva kids. I will also link to that in the show notes over on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com. Have an absolutely wonderful week and I will see you again next week. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.